Thanks for watching this episode of Turning to Him. I invite you to just take a few seconds right now at the beginning and subscribe to this channel so that you can get more videos like this in your feed. Thanks again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Turning to Him. Uh, you have not clicked on the wrong video. We are back with Eric Richardson. We are excited that he's uh, decided to come back and share more of his great experiences. Eric, how are you doing? Doing well. Thank you very much. Appreciate good to be here again. Thank you so much for for doing this again. Um, when we when we spoke last time beforehand, mm -hmm. you mentioned that you had two kind of stories, events that you wanted to share, and we only got to one of them because it was so fantastic. So we had to have you on again. Yep. Well, this other one is another pillar of faith for my testimony. So it's a <laughs> good, good. Um, give us some background on it. How did how did this one get started? So this is an experience from back in my mission eons ago. Back in uh, 97 to 99, I served a mission in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. And to me, it was a bit of a foreign land and foreign people. It was a, at least a normal language. I could recognize most of the words. Now, remind us, where where were you living before your mission? I lived in Pocatello, Idaho. Okay, so relatively small town, and you called to Pittsburgh. Yep, that was a big town for me. I mean, I'd driven to Salt Lake a couple times, but Pittsburgh's a little bigger than Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, from what I understand. Okay, go ahead. They also have a lot of bridges and tunnels, and the roads are uh, spaghetti noodles. <laughs> so, <laughs> not like out here in the West where it's a grid. Sure. Oh, and it's, it's just lots of hills, but it was it was fantastic. It was a good experience. It was difficult, as most missions do have a, a you know aspect of difficult. Um, and this particular event was towards the end of my mission. I had served in downtown Pittsburgh. I'd served in the countryside of West Virginia, part of Ohio. Um, but towards the end, I got stationed up in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, right up there against the Great Lake. And a uh, great town. It was kind of known as the Celestial Kingdom of the mission. And so I was excited to be able to serve up there. And one of the reasons it was a celestial kingdom in the mission was that the ward members up there really were involved in missionary work. And uh, day one there, so that's kind of the background now. So then the experience will start. <laughs> so this is back when uh, we didn't have cell phones. You know, this is the late 90s. Missionaries in the day. Man. <laughs> I see missionaries with cell phones and iPads now. I'm like, well, that would have been pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty effective, yeah. But anyway, this is back in the days when the fax machines and VHS tapes were in play, and this is an important part of the story. So this is when the church was heavily um, advertising different kinds of films and on TV that you could call in, and the MTC would have new missionaries that would answer the phones and then say, okay, yes, this family first video, but we'd love to send this out to you. And so then they give the option of, do you want to have this delivered by the missionaries or do you want us just to mail it to you? And so in this particular case, a uh, sister I'll talk about in a minute here, she um, she had done this and ordered a family first video. And the missionaries had asked her that question, what do you want it delivered or do you want it to be, you know, mailed? And she felt since it's free, she's like, well, I'll just go ahead and have it delivered. And so the facts then get sent over to the missionary office. And then that gets faxed to the local missionaries. And this happens to be, so this happened the day before I transferred into Erie, that they got this fax, this what we call the media referral, which were some of our favorite types of referrals because they're already warm. 
And so I'm, I'm transferred in. And typically when you I would transfer to a new area, I would kind of have to start to work again. It was kind of stagnant. I was, we had a significant challenge in our mission with some missionaries that weren't hardworking. Not all missions have that. We had a, a greater challenge with some of this than most from my understanding. And so anyway, I got to this new area and I was following up, follow up training a missionary named Elder Wren. And as I, you know, get in the car and we start heading up to Erie from downtown Pittsburgh where we did all the transfers, he's like, oh, we, we got to get back in time because we have a, an actual appointment tonight with a sister. And she's like, one of the Relief Society sisters is going to meet us there. My mind was just blown. First off, I was amazed that we had something actually happening. But second of all, he had already scheduled and had talked with the board to have someone there since this lady that was, we we're going to was a single sister with some children. And so to follow the rules, I'm like, you are really awesome. You have been trained very well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like heading to the new celestial kingdom of the mission with work to go. I was very excited. This was a fantastic experience to head up that way. So we drive, it was about a two hour drive and we get up there get to our apartment real quick, just unload my luggage. And then we head out. It was just like right away. And we drive over to this house. There's actually an apartment building. And we meet the sister there from the ward. And we knock on the door. And answer, the, the door was answered by this very nice lady. Her name was Candy. I won't give her last name here for, at this time. And she had two kids. She had a 13-year-old daughter named Davina. And then Allie was a little girl that was seven. And so she she welcomes us in, a little hesitant. And we go in and we, you know, sit down. We kind of talk to her a little bit about who we are and and she was, you know, why we brought this other sister with us. And they got to talking and it was actually really good because they actually kind of just hit it off right off the bat. They were talking and we come to find out that she had uh, decided to order this video because she was feeling really down in life. Um, so kind of give some background. At this time, Candy was doing drugs. She was stealing stuff to pay for that. She was selling herself to pay for the drugs. She was not being a very good mother. Um, her relationship with a 13-year-old was very rough. They were very much fighting each other. And she knew that she was headed down the wrong path pretty far. And it, she knew that this was not what she wanted to continue. So she was really struggling. Mm -hmm. And when she saw this video for the family first video from the church, she saw that as well. Maybe that's just, a, you know, she felt inspired a little bit, but like that's because she wanted, she wanted something. She was praying, whatever. She didn't know what to pray to, but she's just like, I need help, God. And this came about. And I just got to sit on the sidelines while watching this, you know, the sister talk with this lady from the society. And we showed the family first video. It was, it was very good, positive. There was some emotion there. And then we shared a first discussion about the gospel. And, and uh, it went well. Everything was very spiritual. Um, the one aspect, though, that was a little difficult was the 13-year-old who had nothing to do with us. She just slammed the door and left the room. But the 7-year-old was really sweet, Allie. So this this went on, and after that meeting, which it was probably about an hour, and then we asked, you know, can we come back again? And she had felt the spirit, and she says, yes, I would like that. And so we did. We come back again, and over the course of, you know, it took several months of teaching with her, but she started to, and we, because she liked that sister from the ward, we brought her back, and she really had a good experience too with this experience. So she wanted to keep coming back to meet and with Candy. So. This uh, was an amazing experience because here's someone that was totally down in life, making a lot of decisions that were, you know, negatively affect affecting her, her and her family. And she then had to change everything. She had to leave her job. She did have a job, but she had to leave her job because of the coworkers that she was around, bad influence there. 
she had to move to a new location and she had to drop all of her friends to get away from this drug life. And so we helped her move stuff. The ward came and helped her. She was one of the few investigators we had at the time that also had a car. And so she, when she first came to church, the first time she came, everyone was so welcoming and it was a good experience for her. And she, as we were you know, done, she's like, you know, I would love to help anyone else that needs to come here. If they don't have a car, I'd be more than happy to give them a ride. I'm like, really? That would be great because we can't give them a ride. <laughs> yeah. And so she did every Sunday from that point on, she would give some of her other investigators rides to church and build these good friendships with them too. And so she would come with her own <laughs> new friends. <laughs> and so it was a good experience at that point. And then she, uh, you know, she had to go through a little bit of a treatment program and, you know, making these changes and listening. And she was very intent in learning the gospel, reading the scriptures and praying. Like I've never seen someone that took this and said, I took the sincerity and saying, I really need to change. She had hit rock bottom and, Put the effort into this like no one else I ever saw before and you know change change is difficult for us as humans we just we don't like change it's very difficult habits and to make the kind of changes that she did um she she attributed a little bit to us when we asked her like you're you know we asked her you're, you're doing such a good job she's like well I, I was a black belt in karate and you, you know at that point when she learned that years ago she's like you got trained and disciplined and I think that was something that really helped her she was able to kind of lean in some of those disciplinary things she learned in being karate black belt apply it to her life to say i've got to do these things so that's kind of cool that she knew black yeah. <laughs> and so anyway um through the course of all this her 13 year old davina who had fuchsia dyed hair and you know she she was not nice to us <laughs> but yeah. she, her mom wouldn't leave her at home alone because she's only 13 so when we go to church she'd have to come and the young women were really kind to her and that but she didn't want to have too much to do with them at the time um but after four months of teaching her and everything, Candy was able to finally be baptized, get all through the interviews, and her life had changed, and she did. And so it was a great day. The baptism took place, and the whole ward showed up. It was just absolutely amazing. But the part that blows my mind is that while after we're done, we're all dressed again. I got my suit on. And all of a sudden, my arm, I'm kind of like at the edge of the hallway. There's a corner, corner there. And I'm kind of just talking to some people. And all of a sudden, I feel this tug on my suit jacket. And I look over, and it's Davina. And she's got tears going down her eyes. And she's like, she's like, Elder Richardson, I want to be baptized. And I'm just like, you, you want to be baptized? You yeah. have to do with us. You didn't even want to. <laughs> and then she's like, I don't want my mom to know. And I'm like, well. <laughs> yeah. We'll work on that. And she's like, well, okay, I know, I know, I know. And so I sat there and I talked to her. I said, so tell me, what, what is it that made you want to be baptized? And then she said, my mother has changed. She has completely changed. She is a much better person. She's treating us with kindness. She's become a better person. She's got goals. She's, she is a better, it's just everything about her has changed. And she's like, she's like, I understand. She's like, I believe that Jesus did this for her. I believe in Jesus. And she's like, I need to learn more about him as a 13 year old. Yeah. To this day, that's one of my pillars of my testimony. It's the fact that the gospel works, that when you follow the principles and you change, it works so much so that a 13-year-old punk teenager could see the change in her mom, and it would soften her heart to where she wanted to do the same thing and follow through those same steps. And, and that was such an experience and visual that I got to participate in 
So then, of course, um, we go back and we start teaching Davina. And we start bringing young women presidents and young women with us. And that was a great experience. We'd never, never done that before in the mission. So here's, you know, and so Davina goes to the discussions because she had, you know, not joined before. And it was kind of good for the mother to hear them all again, too, you know, the whole family. So it was a good refresher. And she participated in the, the bond of her mother and the daughter being able to both experience change together and wanting to do it and becoming to Christ was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Um, that's that is where joy comes from. When Alma talks about in the Book of Mormon about the joy, when I'm sitting there watching my companion teaching them, and I just got to sit back sometimes and watch them and them ask questions and watching their testimonies grow. Um, one of the experiences during the teaching was when Candy was being taking the lessons. She said, you know what? And she brought it out. She says, I have this cable box that descrambles cable for free. And she's like, that's dishonest. I'm getting rid of it. And I looked at it and I said, I don't know many members of the church that would do that. Right, right. <laughs> I said, you're going to get rid of free cable, you know, because you believe in Christ. And I'm like, so the kind of conversion that she was, you know, understanding and committing herself to and the principles that she was following is the kind of commitment that it takes to get this kind of miracle change of heart and to be a rebirth. And yes. she did that perfectly. And so, again, Davina went through the discussions. She gets baptized, and you know, a few months after I got home from my mission, the, the seven-year-old finally got baptized too when she turned eight. And you know, they wrote they wrote me beautiful letters, and they, they they became active members, and you know, had such a change of heart. And it was just amazing that in a, and we're talking four months for the mother, add another couple months for the daughter, and that family was totally different in six months. Yeah, and I mean. Four they months lived. is a short period of time when when you're coming from a place that she was at. Completely. She, not only that, she had a, she got a new job, new place to live. I mean, everything about everything in her life went from, you know, this rundown place to just really not doing well to the Lord blessed her, helped her get a better job, get her a better place to live. All these new friends now that were church members, that became her social circle. Sure, sure. A whole other circle. And because that ward was willing to do their part and welcome her and be there for her friends, it worked. And I, to this day, that is the celestial kingdom of the Pittsburgh mission. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then a second part of this story too, is at the same time that we were teaching candy, literally it was like three days after that first initial time, just three days after we got, to, I got transferred there. We come back to our apartment and there's a, there's the old, message machines, voice message with a little tape recorder in it. And there's, you had a message. We, you know, pushed the message machine. I expected to be one of the APs or someone from the mission office. And no, this person's on the phone says, hey, this, hey, elders, this is, uh, um, brother actually said, the, he's like, this is Tyler. He says, I took the missionary discussions about 15 years ago. Um, I'm now married and have kids. He's like, I, I've decided I want to get sealed to my wife. So I need to take the discussions and join your church. <laughs> <laughs> and i kind of at that uh, my my companion i kind of like is this a prank <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> this, this is not what happened <laughs> leader this feels like the zone leader <laughs> yeah we're like so i actually called the person back like is this a board member or someone pulling my leg but i i was like i can't like right be sure right. so I called back and sure enough he's like sure enough that was it was the truth that's what he wanted to do so we drove over to their place he had a triple combination from 15 years earlier. No way. He'd been reading it. And he's like, you know, now that we're married and we have a family, he's like, little kids, he's like, realize that we want to put religion in our family better. And he's like, remember what I learned 
He says, I really felt like you guys had the right church. And so while I'm teaching Candy, she's having to make these unbelievable changes, which she did. I also had this other family that had been prepared for a decade earlier. Yes. And had been taking these steps to the point where they were just, you know, it was just a formality to go through discussions. (laughs) The most golden contacts and the only golden contact I could really count on my mission. Yeah. (laughs) And they both, you know, they both got baptized and were attending the same ward. And so it was kind of neat because the the Thompsons got baptized a little bit earlier. So it was neat that the Candy and her family could see what a baptism was, was like. Yes. And experience that. And so those are always good experiences for people to wow. you this, know. This experience, all that combined just really gave me a pillar of faith of the gospel works. It changes people's lives for good, whether they choose it and have gone on that path or all of a sudden they've hit rock bottom and then you know, they get kind of a two by four of the head and they're like, this isn't, this isn't working. I need to make change. And either way, the, the gospel of Christ and his atonement works for all of us. Yeah. One of the things that I love about your story is I think sometimes we falsely think that progression towards Christ is a linear path. And so I'm either, when I look to the guy next to me, I'm either closer to Christ than he is or further away from Christ than he is in, in all aspects of my life. And that's not how it works at all. You know, you have these, these people that are in very different parts of, I mean, here you are, you're a missionary, you've devoted and consecrated two years of your life to serving Christ. So it's fair to say that, I mean, like you said, there are disobedient missionaries, everybody's struggling with different things. But for the most part, it's, it's fair to assume that you're kind of pointed in the right direction. And then you've got these other people in your life that are, um, really coming from a lot of different areas, coming from a rough spot. Uh, I mean, really, like you said, drugs, alcohol, making some tough decisions, some really poor decisions in life, perhaps out of necessity, we don't know. But the point is, those people coming to Christ are inspiring you and motivating you to get closer to Christ. So it's not a linear thing. It's not like somebody has to be closer to Christ in order to in order to inspire me to come closer. Instead of instead of a ladder, I like to think of it as a wagon wheel. And in fact, there are even more variables than that. It's a sphere, and Christ is in the center of it. And anytime somebody comes closer to Christ, it draws people around them closer to Christ. And it doesn't matter if they are taking the first step to repent from a lifelong habit of making poor decisions, or if they are repenting because, man, they go to the temple every week and they missed the past two weeks and they just feel terrible about it and they're trying to get closer. We all bring everybody closer to Christ. doesn't matter where we are. It's not a linear path. And I, I love that. I love that Candy is inspiring missionaries to be better and to do better. It was, yeah, it does. And to see 13 year old, you know, teenagers yes. see that themselves, you know, it just, it really built, built testimony that it works. The gospel works. The atonement is real. And it does make people have helped them have change. Yeah. We have a, and this is a current thing. So my, my, my wife, her cousin, um, her mom and her dad have both passed away. Her, um, 
husband died, her other boyfriend died. And then, so just a lot of challenges in her life and people have passed away from various illnesses and things. And so she's been kind of lonely and she's always been wayward. You know, she's, she's attended church a few times in her life, but she typically has been kind of wayward. And she's finally now at that point of kind of being lonely and it's kind of hit her like family's important and she's now changing. She's going to church anyway. She's um, going to come stay with us for a couple of weeks this Christmas holiday here just to kind of as a mini therapy to get back into, you know, being activity and learning the gospel again, because it's been about 10 years. Yeah. Again, but it's working because she's now filling that pull to urge Christ and wanting to make those changes. So it's, it's neat to see when people do that. And she she kind of felt bad because she's like, oh, I'm not good enough. She's telling my wife this. And my wife's like, we're all in the same boat. We yep. all fail. Yeah. We all in the same boat. <laughs> we all need Christ as much as each other. So it, you know, don't feel like one of us is better than the other. <laughs> yeah, all- yeah. <laughs> I would say, look, there are two types of work of people in this world, people who need the atonement and people who don't. And by the way, there's only one type of person in this world, <laughs> you know, like we're, we all need the atonement. doesn't matter. But I love it. So, Eric, would it be fair to say um, as part of the story, you know, I, I think as missionaries, we hear it again and again of, hey, look, not just as missionaries, but as anybody who's trying to share the gospel don't judge who is ready to hear the gospel and who isn't. That's a common thing that we hear over and over again. And we forget it. We could all be better at that. But I wonder if the, if the next step after that is not only don't judge who's going to accept the God, who's ready for the gospel and who isn't, but also don't judge who's going to inspire you to get better and who isn't. Don't judge who you can learn from and who you can't. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good one. There's a, I went to an area conference back in Idaho. It's been, been a long time ago, about 10 years ago now. And the area authority, but the thing I really remember is he said that the number of contacts that the church averages before someone actually joins is about seven contacts. I've also heard that. Yeah. And so you never know if you're the first one or the seventh one. Yeah. Never judge people because just be their friend and help them at, at, at that time, but you don't know. You know, are you the person that's going to see them be baptized? Probably not. Statistically not speaking, you won't. But uh, if we can just be the friends and not be too preachy, but just be an example and love them, that's going to be the thing that matters. Yeah, because if seven is the average, that means a lot of people are hearing it 14 times. Yeah. You know, some people hear it one time, some people hear it 14, but yeah. A lot of different touches and, and interactions and to where it kind of distills on their soul and they kind of realize this is good that's what these people do and so it's more important that we are the example where they would want to continue to move that direction for sure but uh, mission is great but to be able to finish my mission up in that area and experience that before coming home was just the, kind of the, the perfect little icing on the <laughs> little experience yeah, yeah kind of a, a thank you <laughs> for your service it was, it was beautiful good Anything that you'd add in closing? Um, I think anyone watching, I just tell them, don't, doesn't matter how difficult life gets or what you've done, you can always just turn right back to Christ. That's what this podcast is about. <laughs> but you can turn back to him. And if you'll do it, it's, it's going to be amazing quickly. It will be quickly amazing for your life and changes. I love it. I love it. Thanks again for taking the time to talk with us. I know you're a busy guy. 
Um, but um, there's somebody out there that needed to hear this story. So thanks for taking the time to share it with us. I, I enjoy sharing it. It's, it's, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>